Hello everybody, it's going to be episode 16 of Dreadful Talk. Um, I'm really excited for this one, I do have a guest this week, um, and the guest is co-host of my other podcast, Beefy Boys Breakdown, Harrison Madden Prater. I think he just goes by Harrison Madden, I know, I got two last names too, I know it would be getting confusing, but uh, but yeah, we're going to get him on here, and um and we're going to talk some sports betting this week. Um, really looking forward to it. Let's get it, y'all. Yo, what up? Hey, how's it going, bro? Going good, going good. I got to get the camera set up a little better here for you. I got this I got this fan, man. It's been messing with me. The light, you know what I'm saying? It keeps, like, flickering, so I'm trying to get a little better for the viewers. Here we oh, go. Yeah. That's yeah, better. Yeah. No worries, brother. Yeah, man. Thank you for joining me. Um, for those some people may be, you know, watching and be like, "Wait, this isn't a beefy boys day." No, you would be correct. Your eyes are not deceiving you. I got my beefy brother on my Dreadful Talk podcast, and um, yeah. So um, for Dreadful Talk viewers, me and my boy Harrison have done many a podcast together, but uh, he's never been on my personal podcast, Dreadful Talk. Um, happy to happy to be here. Yeah, definitely. Glad to have you, brother. And then, um, you know, any Dreadful Talk viewers that haven't ever checked out our MMA podcast, Beefy Boys Breakdown, check that one out, too, and go subscribe on YouTube to that and follow on Twitter and Facebook. But, um, but yeah, so me and Harrison, um, we have a podcast together um, called Beefy Boys Breakdown, and we do that the day after every single UFC card. And it's a lot of fun, and, and, and we love it, and um, – you know, it's it, it's a lot of fun. Um, however, they're honestly like even if you're not a huge UFC fan, man, they're so much fun. Oh yeah, like, we, we, we have a good time. Are, are, we yeah. talk shit. Yeah, no doubt. We we have a good time for sure. And um, but you know, one drawback to you know doing the um beefy boys breakdown the day after the fights, which there's a there's a million upsides to doing it the day after. You know, it gives us a lot of content, a lot to chew on, as they say. But, yeah. The the one downside is you can't really talk gambling because it's it's hindsight twenty twenty at that point. Yeah, and it's true. um and you know, we had actually had a few, you know, viewers request some more gambling talk on Beefy Boys. But like I said, since we do Beefy Boys the day after the fights, you know, it doesn't really help too much to talk gambling and then it's typically too early to have the odds on the next round of fights right, whenever right. we're doing the Beefy Boys. And Beefy Boys, you know, we go three hours without even, you know, talking betting. So we decided to, you know, take the opportunity to use this platform here on Dreadful Talk to talk some sports betting, talk some fight betting, talk the upcoming UFC card, um, and just give y'all a taste of what Beefy Boys fans get, you know. And, um, you know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully a few, you know, Dreadful Talk subscribers go over and um, subscribe on um, Beefy Boys Breakdown. Like I said, you know, it helps to like MMA, but, you know, I like to think that the kind of content we produce, you could um, still still get a laugh or two in, you know, without being, you I, know. Yeah, I like big... to think that it's like a, it's an entertaining show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you if you value MMA and like a real breakdown, we'll give you that. But also sometimes we're just out there riffing, man. Like it's it's a fun time. Like yeah. it's almost like if you were to sit in on our conversation and just really get to listen to us talk. I mean, that's really yeah. how I feel whenever I do it. Well, yeah, and I and I guess yeah. Well, and we've touched on this on other, on the other podcast, but we'll we'll touch on it real quick on um on dreadful talk. Is that's exactly how um Beefy Boys Breakdown started. Um, we were both MMA yeah. fans. Uh, for those that don't know, I mean, I know a lot of our viewers do know me and Harrison's story, but we uh me and Harrison grew up on the same fucking block in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, 
Like literally, we could probably yeah, like, a football to each other's house. Yeah, uh, like hundred, like hundred yards probably. Yeah, is the distance. Yeah, definitely. Maybe. And, and uh, been boys ever since. We played high school ball together. Uh, you know, m- many a good time. You know, both before and after those days. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. But so we were, we would just we would pretty much hit each other up after the fights because we knew we were both MMA fans. And you know, we'd say, "Hey, did you see this? Or what do you think of this? Or what do you think of this controversial?" Um, you know, this controversial decision or whatnot and um, or this upset. And we were just talking about the fights. And then, you know, and then we started FaceTiming after the fights. And then we were like, yeah. you know what? let's fucking do the damn thing. Um, I mean, we were pretty much breaking them down just with each other for just free. Just with each other. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like, this was, it was good shit. And we, we both thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. And so we we're like, you know, let's, let's take this to the next level. And, um, uh, you know, that's how BP Boys Breakdown, that was the inception of BP Boys Breakdown. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, I, I love doing it, and uh, everybody should go check that out. But uh, I'm going to get right real quick. Yes, sir. If people are seeing me look away from the screen, by the way, I'm just looking up. Uh, I'm getting my odds brought up right here on the computer. That way we have them all in front of me as far as uh, live odds right now. Dope, dope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like I said, this episode is going to be – Kind of about just sports betting in general. We're going to take it. For, we're going to start off with a wide view, and then we're going to narrow that microscope on in on UFC uh, 253. So, you know, we're going to start out kind of broad in general, just some some basic gambling terms, some terms that may confuse you. Um, I know sports gambling is newly legalized in many states, and, and pretty yeah. much whatever states aren't already legal, I mean, in the next five years, it's going to be legal, like, it, right, it's, it's, kind of it's following coming. the it's same coming. trends that, like you know, medical cannabis follow. Like you know, it's it starts off a couple, you know, gung ho states, and then everybody starts seeing the money that can be made, and it's and, I was uh, say it that. can be done responsibly. And it's not that big of a deal, and these laws are archaic. And like you know, what the fuck are we doing here? Let's 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 get some action going. Um, so like I said, you know, that's why it's a very relevant topic because, like I said, if you're if it's not legal already. It either recently has became legal or will be becoming legal soon. And and I think, you know, like they're even t- putting point spreads on ESPN now and shit. That, yeah, they, and John, in Vegas. like John Anik will talk about the odds uh, at every UFC event when they, and he'll, they bring out the fight and he'll say the prohibitive favorite at this odds. Like he just says it as a part of the introduction of the fight now. Yeah, and, and that's definitely the way it's trending. I mean, it's been trending that way for a while. I'm definitely all for it. I'm definitely for, like, pro just, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, being able to do what you want to do as yeah. long as you ain't hurting nobody else. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, can people get addicted to gambling? Yeah, but people can get addicted to jerking off, too. Like, you know what I'm Dude, saying? Dude, you can like, get addicted to anything that you enjoy that anything. much. You know what I'm you saying? You can get addicted to driving fast. You can get addicted to going to church. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can get addicted yeah. to lifting weights, like cigarettes, yeah, alcohol. Like, like I, I mean, I, I think it's kind of your right to, like, get addicted to something. Shit, some people get addicted to throwing up, anorexia, you know what I'm saying? No, for real. So, or being yeah. skinny, I guess, whatever, whatever way that goes. So it's just these weird, archaic laws of just, like, trying to, like, put, like, I mean, I guess it's hard to ignore the elephant in the room of just, like, kind of trying to, like, force, like, Protestant Christian values down America. I was going to say, throat, you think it's like, religious undertones, right? Because, like, gambling is considered to be a sin, right? That's so what it's I'm like, saying. 
And like, I mean, that's the, and that has a lot to do with my worldview growing up in a place like Oklahoma, where there's a church on every corner and every corner, me kind of breaking free of that. I'm not that I'm not really religious anymore. And so I I tend to view things through that spectrum. But like, you know, like I said, I'm not saying that's the only way to look at it or the only reason, you know, I know, I know. uh, But I'm also just looking at it from like, like kind of more of like a legality, like political standpoint. I'm a fan of legalization of a lot of things because like we see firsthand when you make something illegal, it creates a black market, which fuels criminal enterprises and leads to violence, which then the, the, the connection between violence and the thing get connected when it's really a large you. Yeah, I agree that they're close, but there's a whole you that connects them that people aren't, aren't seeing. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's know, like, it's like drugs, you know, if yeah, you legalize marijuana. Exactly. Oh shit. You froze up a little bit. Um, Sorry about that. My, yeah, my phone just, yeah, my phone just messed up. Yeah. Oh, no, but bro. the whole thing is that, uh, is that, yeah, it's like once the government steps in and regulates it, they actually offer protections and like real regulation. And it also like kind of makes it, where it's not so much of a commodity and it's a balanced price across the board as well. Oh yeah. Once again, cannabis is the perfect example. Look at yeah, how much yeah, the price of cannabis has dropped, how much safer it is to purchase, how much safer it is to consume. I mean, all, to even talk the about board, general, general culture, it's even more accepted, you know? So oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and the same things happening before our eyes with sports betting. And so like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of people, you know, having the choice to do, you know, what they feel is right for them. And, 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 and that goes the same across the board. I feel the same way about guns. Um, whenever you make guns illegal, yeah. you know, it puts them in the hands. It's a way, of yeah. um, it's so, a way so bigger problem. I, I know some people might be rolling their eyes thinking I'm just some dreadheaded Cali liberal, but you know, I really try to hold my principles across the board and not be, you know, tied to one side of the aisle. And I just believe in freedoms and choices and, you know, things of that nature. So, yeah, we're going to, you know, like I wanted to um, start off with just some few basic terms. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some we can of run these through terms them. still confuse me. Um, and, and so I'll kind of bounce it off you as a legitimate question. And, you know, some of these yeah. I'll kind of chew on with you, too. And we'll just um, we'll get to it. Um, so I think we've good. already said this term once in the podcast, but um, I'll toss this one to you. Go ahead and break down the term spread. I feel like that's the first kind of term that you know kind of gets it's like uh, applies to betting it's like a very common term people hear that may not be familiar with the spread um ironically enough the spread doesn't really pertain to fighting um it's going to be more of like a team right. sport type of football you know um basketball type of situation but yeah go ahead um what, what how would you define spread so spread is essentially for like gambling purposes any any uh sport that's tracked through scoring uh, the spread is the estimated point differential between the two competitors by the end of the event, right? So let's say that USC is a minus eight, or the, the number that is next to their name is minus 8.0 against Colorado, right? What that means is, is that USC is an eight-point favorite. So whenever you're doing their score total, the spread is eight points negatively for them and positively for Colorado. So what you can do is you can either take eight away from them or you could give eight to Colorado whichever way you go about it, uh, but that's the actual line at which Vegas is playing the game. Yeah, yeah, that was a great, that was a great definition. And um, now I'll get into the why. You know, that was the what, this is the why. What is that, what does mine say? I'll, I'll continue with your example. Um, so 
a lot of times in the college, I'm actually glad you use college football because spreads, yeah. I think, are, are perfect for college football because yeah, there's I a agree. lot of uneven matchups. And I Absolutely. love that you used USC Colorado because it, it would be in no fun for anybody if, if you just had to pick the winner of USC Colorado. I mean, right, because we all essentially know that USC should win that game nine out of ten times. Is, is the better team, has the better athletes, the better coach, the more money, all that shit. But could they win that game nine out of ten times by eight points or more, or more than eight points? Yes. Now, so that's, that's the intriguing question. And the spread is put there for that intrigue. I'm glad you used the word right. intrigue. The intrigue, because, you know, nobody – in my previous example of you're just p- picking who wins and who losses and who loses, nobody in their right minds are going to put money on Colorado because there's no incentive to put money on Colorado – because you, you're probably going to lose. And if the money's even, then it really you're going to pick USC. It's, it's obvious. Right. Choice. Well, see, so, that's, where, that's where Vegas got smart, though. And yeah. then they offered money lines, which yeah. money lines are the exact opposite of a spread. So a money line, another gambling term, is whenever you take the spread out and you just pick a winner. Just regardless, you pick a winner. Now, the money line is either going to be over 100 with a plus or, or over 100 with a minus. When it's minus 100 or higher, so minus 100 to minus 1,000, let's say, that's the prohibitive favorite in the contest. Anytime you have a minus, you're the favorite. And, um, um, and that actually pertains directly to UFC fights. Right. So UFC won't have a spread. They'll actually only have money lines. Yeah. And their spread is more so over under on the rounds. The, but it's, so, it, it's the same kind of basic principle, though. It incentivizes betting on the underdog. Because like I said, right. it, there's it, more return. Going back to the USC Colorado, like if, if you if you win a hundred dollars if you bet on USC and you bet a and you win a hundred dollars if you bet on um, Colorado, then there's no point in betting on Colorado. But right. that's why you have to bet on USC to win by eight points. Like, right. and you also hear the term "spotted." Like Colorado spotted eight points or they're getting the points. That's like a mm-hmm. gambling kind of old school street term you'll hear getting are they getting the points? Yeah, or, or like if you say I'll take someone and the points or I'll take Colorado and the points, you're essentially yeah. saying you'll take them and the plus number on the spread. Exactly. So you're not betting on Colorado to win the game. You're betting you're win you're betting on them to lose by less than eight points. Exactly right. And, and, That's exactly and, and, right. And then you see how that would affect people's decision making on who, where they're going to put their money, and it makes it interesting for both sides as opposed to just the landslide obvious choice of USC is going to most likely win the game. Like, that's not really up for debate, but are they going to – how much will they win by? Now but, that's a whole level of nuance that, you know, makes it, you know, that's – And that's it's, it starts to get dangerous too because the lines are not static. Yeah. So for people that don't know – um, when large amounts of money come in on one side or the other, it'll actually push the line. And Vegas is always changing the line of the, of the score, spread, over-under, uh, length of event. All that stuff uh, they control and can manipulate until the event starts. Once the event begins, all bets yeah. are locked. Nothing can be changed or moved. Um, so but that can it, work to your advantage as well. It, it, you know, if you, if you like a guy and you get a better number. So sometimes, absolutely. It's yeah. sometimes better to go early. Sometimes it's better to wait till literally the day of and take it right before. And, and that's why, I mean, in sports gambling, like nuance is the name of the game. Like it's all built around nuance. Like For nothing sure. is black and white. Like it, it, it's all, I mean, the way they set it up is the where you could make an argument for either side. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh, right. 
it, well, it's, uh, oh, go ahead. if you want an example for NFL, they no one beats Vegas in the NFL. Like it's just that's just the one sport where they dominate harder than any other sport as far as Vegas in the house versus the betters. Um, a good example is last week there was a game. Uh, whoever the Broncos played, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but I asked a buddy while we were at work, "Do you think the Broncos cover minus two? Minus two is a crazy thin line, right? Like yeah, you're essentially yeah. just picking a winner. The Broncos ended up, I think, winning by two, and so it was a push. And it's just like, and Vegas hit the over under; they missed it by a point and a half. So it's like Vegas essentially can tell you the score of a game before the game happens. And I think the NFL is the hardest to bet, too, because it's the whole any given Sunday factor. It's razor thin, yeah. And, 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 and I mean, that sounds so cliche, but, I mean, it's it, – it, I think it's truer in NFL than any other sport. Like Absolutely. I think, it's the hardest think, sport to bet. I don't know. Baseball seems super weird, too. Baseball's hard because they adjust the way you can bet. You have to bet one and a half. Have you ever seen baseball betting? No, no, I never bet baseball. I'm kind of talking out of my ass. Go ahead. Baseball is really weird. You have to bet on teams to win by a run and a half or keep it within a run and a half. Okay. Okay. So it's a really weird system, right? Because, like, like the Angels suck, but if if they lose five to four and you bet on the A's to win six to four, there's just one run of difference. But, like, how are you supposed to know? Oh, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to bring it full circle, just talking about unpredictability. Like, yeah, baseball like, is baseball's tough. I feel like basketball is kind of bankable. I mean, barring yeah. like a, um, you know, like a last-minute scratch, like if you know who's starting, you know what I'm over-unders saying? Are, over-unders are a lot easier to hit in basketball, too, because every year the NBA gets faster and faster paced, more and more threes, so you can almost always bet overs and be safer by the end of the year than others. And, and and then like US UFC like MMA boxing, it, yes, there's nuance because of the um the money line like we were talking about, but it is still just like one v one. There's mm-hmm. less variables, less factors. But like you get like a sport like football, eleven on eleven, three different phases of the game, plus four the quarters, rest, sixty minutes, high injury sport like football. Yeah. Like it, it's a wild fucking card. So yeah. yeah. Like, Football is my favorite sport to watch for largely a lot of those reasons we just listed why it's a hard it's a hard sport to bet because it's so you know what I mean unpredictable and wild but um, but yeah to, for betting to, can get to be crazy. honest like a, like a little like better's tip insider better tip would be that if you want if you're playing let's say fantasy football and you can even take it down to this level if you're in a fantasy league this year and you're between two guys to start go to Vegas go look up the over under for the game that they're playing and see who has the higher projected point total. Because Vegas will give you a spread and an over and under. So essentially Vegas will give you the total points scored and each the points for each team as they assume it will end, right? So from that, you can essentially say that if the over under on the Chiefs-Packers game, let's say, is 67 points, that's a high-scoring game. Whereas you might see the Bills and Seahawks have an over under of 44. So in fantasy terms, you know there's more offensive production in one of those games, so you should be more likely to play that player. So that's how that would translate over to like daily fantasy. And if anybody's wondering why the fuck I brought this man on for this topic, that's why, man. This motherfucker's smart. He knows his shit. And um, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be placing some bets in the near future for sure, for sure. Um, all right, so we've kind of like briefly touched on this in context, but I kind of want to just like address it directly, not in passing. Um, cover. You you can cover yeah. a spread. Um, you'll hear that term. I know even before I ever placed a bet, I heard that term in movies. You just hear that term on TV, Sports Center, whatever. Cover the spread. 
Um, you know, go ahead and break down how a team would go about covering the spread and what that means. Yeah, for sure. So let's just keep with the, the USC-Colorado example, the eight-point gap, which that was a real line last year in the Thursday night game they played. So there is some real history to that. And also Colorado did cover. Never bet Thursday night games in college football. Just that's another insider tip for everyone. It, weird shit happens, short weeks of practice. But to yeah, cover essentially totally. means that, um, let's say in that eight-point window, Colorado then uh, – lost the game by less any margin less than eight so they lost by seven six or they even won the game yeah so yeah, at, at that you, you point, don't, you don't have to still it. lose yeah just as long as you lose or win by less than yeah. or I, I guess lose by less than eight and win by any margin yes exactly that that would be covering the spread exactly Correct. right and then you and I, I didn't even have this written down but it's just kind of like the one a to that one um so a team can cover the spread, and then a team um, – you, you'll hear people's record against the spread or against yeah, the Yeah, ATS. Yeah, yeah ATS is a spread. super important thing for better, betting sharps to look at too. Exactly, because, you know, um, a team may fucking lose every game but cover the spread every game. Like, they barely lose. Like, like there's those teams that just lose close games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, and, yeah. I, and so I actually believe it or – Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say in 2015, actually, uh, when OU, I think it was 2015, played El Paso, um, they had uh, Jonathan, the, the running back, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, the running back for oh, the, the, Packers. the Packers. Yeah. yeah. So oh, he was the running back for UTEP, right? Oh, I didn't know. We, oh, and, they were, and, they, and they had a, uh, the Giants have a guard, Borjas, who was the guard at UTEP then as well. Yeah, that so guard had, was a beast. I remember mm-hmm. that. So they had some, like, real beasts on their running game, right? And UTEP actually covered the spread every game that year. It's the first time it's happened in, like, 26 years in college football. They're 14-0 wow. against the spread. Last year, Louisiana Lafayette was 13-1 against the spread. So, you know, just some scumbag in Vegas with a fucking, you know, that smokes up two packs a day. Just oh, yeah. Fucking cash that. Watched every UTEP game, bought oh, the, like, yeah. Southwestern Conference package. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I was, I rode Louisville Lafayette last year, uh, Louisiana Lafayette so hard last year, dude. Nice. Raging Cajuns, baby. And they're still raging this year. Beat Kansas State <laughs> at home, opening game. Nice. No, I mean, Louisiana's chock full of athletes, man. If they can just snag a couple of those guys, they'll be all right. Um, but, yeah, the, the against the spread, you know, so in other words, though, I should I should also note, UTEP that year finished the year 7-6 and six or 8-6. and six. So it's like even though they were 14-0 against the spread, their record was still god-awful as far as real football games. So, so, but and that just goes to uh, like illustrate the difference in what those numbers yeah. mean. Like, as those, a betting fan of UTEP, I was stoked. If I was a yeah. real fan of UTEP football, not that great of a year. I mean, let's keep it a buck. Eight and six is a phenomenal year for yeah, UTEP. For UTEP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, fucking fair, had fair, parades fair. and hung banners, homie. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the dean, the, probably the dean of the school is getting in on the action. You know what I'm saying? Well, but, so, uh, so there's covers, right? But then the opposite of that is a bad beat, right? Oh bad beat. yeah, I'm glad I didn't have. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up, my man. And this is one that SVP features on yeah. SportsCenter yeah. regularly. So if anyone's yeah. wondering about an example, just look up SVP on SportsCenter. Essentially, a bad beat is you got it covered. It's garbage time. The other team, let's say they're favored by ten points, so they're up by thirteen, and there's a minute to go in a football game. So you know this team isn't going to win with one minute to go being down 13 points. But they might score a touchdown in the last 10 seconds, and they might cover that eight-point window because then they'll only be down by six. So it's like they score in the last play, 
but then for some reason they go for two. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then let's say they finish at eight and push the bet. That's cons- like would be considered a bad beat is it's because it's like they didn't need to do this in the situation, but it happened just because that's the way the game was going to be played. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Or just like, you know, you, guys that were like a couple of seconds away from winning a bet. Yeah, so essentially your cover gets blown. thing happens. Yeah, your cover gets blown by like a meaningless action. Here's a great example for OU fans. Samaj so J.P. I'm not running into the end zone against OSU four years ago when he took the oh. knee at the two. We didn't cover that spread that game because he didn't score. We missed it by two points. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Pete, oh, that's just a prime example. Yeah, that and that's – so sports and in the game, always... that's smart. That's smart to do in the game. You know what I'm totally. saying? Like yeah. in the way I was playing, if you if I was just playing the football game, Samaj Piran did the right thing. When I'm betting the game, he fucked me. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. the difference. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like, it's just so interesting to me because I mean, anybody that as a fan of sports or has ever played sports knows like sports are a super nuanced thing. Like, there's a million outcomes. Like for every you know input, there's a million. So outcomes. many. And so, so many. And then the betting takes an already nuanced thing and adds like 90 layers of additional nuance to it. Essentially, think about it like this. It's like, it's like analytics of the way shit occurs and you don't have any analytics to display. You just got to understand and feel it. Like that's how gambling feels to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you just kind of got to go off, your, off what you think is going to work. Yeah, and not not confuse that with your sports fandom. Um, you've given a few right. insider tips. I'll give a few insider loser tips of like how I've lost money on past bets, and that's that's betting with your fandom. Never yeah, you never it. bet on never. I don't. So I have a rule: I don't bet on in-state teams, regardless yeah. of the sport. Yeah, no. For you have a skewed perception. They're overly covered by your local media. Right, my media the, is going to bias my opinions. The shit you follow on social media is all you follow. The reporters from that team. You, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, you can say you think you have more info, but it's kind of the opposite. It's kind of like paralysis by analysis. I feel like you're absolutely your overconfidence in what you think you know is is outweighing just the facts at hand. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Right. It's like I, I've experienced a, that for sure. It's like, it's like going to a Walmart and having a thousand options of soup versus having 10. Like you're going to be more confused by the thousand options than the 10, even though you have more options. Now you're having to weigh those options. And instead you're actually probably making a worse choice overall. As far as your, as far the as your happiness will be considered. Yeah. <laughs> the soup yeah. game is fucked. Soup it game is, is fucked, fucked man. Um, but all right, brother. So, um, Next term, and I know this is one of your favorites, and, and I'll be real, this is a term that confused me into, until very recently. Um, but go ahead and talk about parlay. Okay, so parlays are um, essentially the devil to a gambler, but also like your salvation. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that, that temptation that is the perfect analogy for devil because there's always that temptation to strike it big. Absolutely. So the way a parlay works is you're pretty much selling Vegas, I'm going to get this bet right and this bet right together and if i miss either one of them then i lose three right so you you can do yeah you can find sometimes some casinos will offer uh parlays of two that's more rare for sure uh i would say parlays of three are what you're most likely to find that's typical Uh, like but you can do parlays of up to 20 in most casinos yeah i saw on on twitter today i'm like i follow like a br betting um yeah somebody fucking i think hit like a 15 NFL parlay and turn like five bucks into like 30 grand or something. Yeah, you know, because turn, the odds yeah. are astronomical. Like, 
right. little needle in a haystack, one in a million, probably worse than one in a million. Like, yeah. So, so like the odds breakdown is that if you do a parlay of three teams, the payout is, I believe, two point six to one. Um, so essentially, you win two point six times what you bet plus what you bet back. Now, every time you add another team to that parlay, a let's so for instance, a four to one parlay, uh, I believe, pays five to one. And then you go to a five-team parlay, and it pays 10 to 1. Then you go to uh, a 16 parlay, and it pays, I think, 15 to 1. And so that's the ultimate double-edged sword. Because, like I said, as far as quick flips and how to turn a little into a lot, um, it, it's, it's so enticing. And, and, and some people like to put a small amount on a parlay just for shits and gigs, right? Um, right. Keep it interesting. Um, maybe make some games that you ordinarily wouldn't watch more interesting. I, and I think that's yeah, a smart sure. way to go about parlays. I definitely don't think it's wise to, like, count on a parlay. It's a shot in the dark, you know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's a full-court heave with down by one, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it, so – Definitely don't rely on parlays, but they can be a lot of fun. And it's, some, you know, hey, I, some sometimes they, they're worth it. I hit, yeah. I hit three sixteen parlays last year in college football, and just wrecked nice. the season out just on those three weeks. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, hell but yeah! But then the NFL, of course, robs me every other day. So yeah, man. So so like in in just I mean I think we've made the point so far, but just to kind of you know hammer it home, you know. So it's. It's it's pretty damn hard to win one sports bet. Um, yeah, you know, just it, a straight bet is tough. Yeah, just it, a straight bet is a tough. Straight bet is pretty tough. Um, I, I've lost a few. Um, uh, and now you you factor in to get two. So you you bet two and they're both right. Like oh wow, you're cooking with gas. And a parlay is most times like Harrison at, almost to, always at minimum going to be three. three. So you're essentially like a just. You need to be just perfect. Like you need you need a hat trick to like you know to to hit it. it, it it's it's hard to do, but when you do it, you know what I mean. It's just it, it it's it's glorious. Yeah, exactly. It's glorious. It, it, like it, for it, instance, I bet a hundred dollars on a sixteen parlor last year, and my net earnings was sixteen hundred from that one week. And it's like that's a crazy gap. Yeah, but it's no, also I missed that, that and lost that hundred eight weeks that season. So minus eight hundred there, plus it's fifteen hundred that day. So it's like you come out positive on the season by hitting one, but it's so hard to hit even just one. Yeah, and, and you see how Harrison's t- uh, talking about it, like in a long game like that. Um, and that's that's really how the smart betters do it. Um, yeah, that you're actually brings me. Some, you're gonna lose some. That actually brings me to another term, uh, which is ROI or return on investment. Yeah, uh, which is like if you ever follow a sports handicapper, a professional better, also called sports handicapper, um, they will always, almost always, they should post their ROI or percent ROI. What that means is every dollar that they invest in their bet, they're putting a negative or positive percentage of money that they have made back or lost on those bets. Yeah. So to give you like a mathematical example, let's say in a year's window, I bet ten thousand dollars. And I, with that 10000 and let's just say I have it in an account, right? So it's never touched. It's never changed. And the end of the year, that account is at 11000 My ROI was plus 10% yeah, because exactly. you had a 10% gain on your initial standing. Uh, so that's, how, that's what ROI is. ROI is your biggest determinant of a gambler's success. Exactly. Just, and you're either going to be in the up. positive or the negative. Like the numbers don't lie. 
Yeah, um, like and, your record can be shit, but if you call the underdogs, you're positive. And that's why I was saying and to people that like really, really want to take gambling seriously, you got to look at that long game because mm-hmm. you can't like live in the moment every weekend when you win or lose. You got to look at you no. know, overall. Now, somebody like me, like all, all I do, I'm a casual better. Like if there's a big fight that I'm really into or or I just happen to, you know, have a little extra money or what have you. Like I place a few bets a year. I'm not the biggest into it, but so then, yeah, you can, you can revel in the moment, but if, if you're somebody like people, there are people out there who make a living sports betting. There are people out there who truly, truly do look at it kind of like the stock market or, you know, like that's like, yeah, like, there's, um, there's black market guys that do it, man. I got a guy out here in Oklahoma named Sal. I'm not going to say his last name, obviously on, on live, but yeah, he does. I mean, all black market bets, like, get, has a guy he calls in Vegas. He, the guy in Vegas loads the money on your account for you, and then you just got to pay Sal. Sal pays the guy. So, yeah. yeah, no, that's cool, man. Yeah, I am. I, I, so I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to um, Tahoe in a few weeks, and I think I'm going to jet over to the Nevada side and uh, play, play just something, just something small. Just you have fun. to, man. Yeah, you I want to play the in-person bet. I've hey, done a few online. I, I want to just experience the in-person You know what you bet. should do while you're there? is you should get the William Hill app and you should sign in while you're in Nevada because it'll take your location, it'll track your location, and you can have an active betting account on William Hill Sportsbook, which is the official book of the UFC and a lot of other sports, uh, that you can access while you're in Tahoe. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that for sure, man. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, I was, I'll keep it pushing. I got one more, um, or not, well, I don't know, maybe one more than one, but uh, I got another turn for you. Um prop and uh, i ain't talking oh, about rugby yes. either uh, yeah, I, I, or, or the propeller on a plane neither no, one of those yep neither one of those you'll hear the term prop um especially like super bowl week like sports radio famous. yep mm. sports radio shows will spend like a whole day talking about props and so yeah just uh what the hell is a prop not Dude, a, so 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 prop bets are my favorite and they're also the most ridiculous shit on earth so a prop bet for instance is uh, it's essentially a propositional <laughs> bet that Vegas has come up with. And they're saying like, hey, this is just some fun side shit that takes place, has yeah. to take place. Here's what we think. What do you think if you it, want it, to take this action? It's like admittedly nonsense, but it's like. It's, it's, it's like if, you're, if you have an addiction, you, you'll come to prop bets. Like that's what a prop bet is. is it's like an, it's an, addict's, it's an addict's hell. Well, and I feel like it's also like meant to like intrigue casuals. Like, and one of the reasons why yeah. the, the the best, I, I guess, the best for them. A lot of people hate the Super Bowl, like true football fans, because like, the national anthem prop bet's the best one. Yeah, well, that one, and then like you end up, um, you end up, point flip. I'm just saying, like you end up watching the, you end up watching it in a room full of people that like don't really watch football, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like prop bets are meant for those people. That the hard, Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, like, exactly. Like Harrison just said, you can bet on the length of the national anthem, the um, the, the coin, coin toss, um, <laughs> probably, like, what fucking color hair Miley Cyrus is going to have uh, at that time. This, last, that year, this last year you could bet on who Chris Collinsworth gave his tie to from the winning team because Chris Collinsworth apparently always gives his tie from the game he calls to the the player he most likes on the team that wins the Super Bowl. I definitely would not want it, bro. I would, yeah, I would fucking look at him and be like, dude, fuck you and that bullshit tie. <laughs> you do Get the wrong fuck out of here. Dude, like when I heard that, I was like, that's a real problem. Like, <laughs> that I'm sounds out, weird. So out. That sounds so Vegas, weird. 
Like, that yeah. sounds like he wants you to like come to his hotel room later. And yeah, like, like what is he doing? Is he trying to build a network of Chris Collinsworth tie players? Like, I don't understand it. Are they going to wear it in the fucking game around their helmet? Just tie like it around? All the players, like, go home and, like, give it to their uncle that has a court date coming up. Like, yeah. Just, like, yeah, like, what, what was the point? And it's like, he's not buying a nicer suit than what they could afford. No, so the, no. whole, the whole thing is just, like, what are we doing? But, like, so prop bets are bets for fun. They're literally bets that do not affect the outcome of the game necessarily. Yeah, then, like, a lot of times have nothing to do with the sport itself. Now, they can. Like, there are some football. Like, would you, re- would you call – like, if you is Julio Jones going to have over 10 catches? Like, would you consider that a prop? That is a prop. However, that's a more realistic prop yeah, than, that's a more than like the outsider facts. Prop. Right. So, so that's a great point. So props are actually bets that deal in, in like, extreme specificity is, I yeah, think, the best yeah. definition. That, yeah, good point. Because yeah, it doesn't have to be nonsense. But like, and it has nothing to do with the outcome of the actual game, typically, yeah. in a prop as well. It, exactly. all, it almost always affects – some small factor within the game that you called to happen. So another prop is in basketball, who wins the opening tip-off? That's yep. always a prop in games you can always take for parlays. You can put props in parlays, too, for people that are wondering. Okay. Uh, and, and, and some props in UFC. Uh, so the over-under is always in a UFC match either half of the scheduled f- rounds to fight. So in the UFC, you can fight three rounds or five. So your over-under is always one and a half rounds or two and a half rounds. The prop bets are you can start moving that around down or around up. So you could do under half a round. You can do under two and a half rounds. You can do under four and a half rounds, or you can do... So you can move to whatever half amount of rounds you want as a prop, but the official bet for length of a match is going to be half of the event in UFC terms. Okay. All right, cool, man. Um, and this is going to be the last term. Um, go ahead and break down um, the over-under. I think we mentioned it briefly earlier. Yeah. But, um, Get more specific on the over. I know they'll talk about that on sports radio a lot as well. You'll hear that term thrown around, especially I think it's more of a basketball or college football. I mean, I guess people do it on NFL, but I, yeah, I, I think and like, it's more like high scoring sports, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I was going to say baseball and hockey over unders are dangerous. They're dangerous, dangerous, dangerous to play with because you don't yeah, have a lot of scores. The margin is so, well, I think even baseball. Cause I, I, as somebody who's like, I, I watch kind of a lot of baseball, I mean, you could go fucking eight perfect innings and then the fucking closer gets shelled for like eight runs. Like that right. happens like kind of often or like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the starter gives up four runs, but then the bullpen throws a shutout or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's so, I feel like or- now so more than ever, like I feel like back in the nineties when guys would pitch full games, it'd be probably a little easier to bet baseball. But like I nowadays, agree. a fucking um, your your starter pitches four innings on a good day, and, and you know what I'm saying, and then you're getting like five different relievers. Not to mention the shifts that they put into play now too, yeah. for yeah. like which way you hit. Like they've completely destroyed scoring in baseball essentially because offense is so much harder to come by. Yeah, no doubt, no. But doubt. they're also but, juicing the balls, so that's that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, I, I've just I, I've witnessed so many. I mean, it, it's almost like that's more common, like. Baseball, usually, like, the scoring isn't, like, evenly distributed. It's usually, like, either a team starts off super hot and then they yank the starter, and yep. then and then usually either the bullpen, bullpen, you know, 
puts a halt to the scoring run, or it just continues to be just a shit show. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, they get shelled, or they come out and silence out the hitters. Or it's the opposite, like I said a second ago, where the starter actually does their fucking job perfectly right, mm-hmm. and then the reliever comes in and gets fucking stroke. I feel like that's been the story for the Dodgers for a while, like Clayton Kershaw. He'll come out and pitch seven and two-thirds, and then they lose in the last inning, last inning on some shitty relief pitching, and it's like, what a way Kelly to lose, Jensen. man. Yeah, yeah, like, what a way to lose, man. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, and I'm saying this as an A's fan who doesn't spend money on anything, relief pitching is the easiest shit to get. Oh, so you if, know what? If, if if you watch... you, if, I'm just saying, like, if you fucking spend all your money on starters and don't have any relievers, that's on you, homie, because I'm an yeah. A's fan, and we get by with mediocre starters and fire young reliever arms. Yeah, yeah. You remember when the Royals were super good like three years ago? That's what they had. They had three relievers that were like the best three relievers in baseball. So it definitely makes a difference. And when, you know, when the hitters get used to in a groove of facing this pitcher for three or four at-bats, and the last at-bat <laughs> they come up with is a brand-new guy that's throwing heat on a fresh arm, that's got to be tough as a hitter. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the – the um, the, and this is part of the reason why – and we'll get off of the, you know, dreadful talk baseball hour here in a second. But, uh, you know, um, one of the reasons why pitchers don't pitch as long nowadays is because the analytics show – that the more times a batter sees the same pitcher, the more likely he is to, you know, get be a successful and get a successful. hit. Exactly. So, you know, it, now the, the they're pretty much going through the lineup twice, maybe three times if you're a stud, and then yeah. even if you're a baller, you're getting yanked before they see you four times. Now, I will say to bring it back to betting, that's a great example of a prop bet. How many innings does this pitcher pitch? Yeah, is it this? Is it under, or is it over or under five innings? Let's say that this guy pitches like that's a common prop bet in baseball. Yeah, that's also it, a hard thing to call, right? Because you don't know how that pitcher is going to fare against that team's batting lineup, and that changes yeah. every single day. It does, and like their health, because like literally nowadays, you know, if if a guy is like mediocre, healthy, or like you know, injury prone. I mean, you could have the perfect game, and they'll still yank you after five or six. Like, so you know, it's it, it, yeah. That's that's a whole. I honestly don't advise betting baseball. I'm sure there's some mm-hmm. guys out there that's like that's their specific thing, and they're good at it. it but god damn, it seems like a fucking roll of the dice, man. Which baseball is like too I, analytically ironic. sharp within the sport itself, like the way they play their own sport, like coaches, managers, all that stuff is too analytic already. So it's like the gamblers that use analytics to get the edge. It's taken away from you in baseball. Like the teams use the same shit you do already. So it's like, I've seen guys with like 189 slugging percentage hit, like winning home runs. And like, yeah, because their matchup on that pitcher was good or that pitcher liked to throw like changeups. And that guy had like an OBP of like 800 on a changeup on his fourth batter later. And it's like, these crazy analytics are literally baseball to a T, and that's yeah. why I can't bet, bet baseball to save my life. Now, I like UFC, watching it. I like watching it, and I know not everybody does, but I like watching baseball. But, yeah, betting it, that seems like a nightmare. You know what's funky to me, though, is that I oftentimes hear, talking about UFC bets, people telling me that UFC is just too hard to bet because there's so much stuff that happens <laughs> in camp, and it's a fight, so how are we supposed to know how an actual fight occurs, right? But there's just so much stuff you can watch and pay attention to and look into that will give you ins- huge insights into the way a fight like plays out. I think I got to say you got to be picky with UFC bets. 
And like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can't like bet on fighters that you don't but like. If you don't know a fight, fight in the UFC or yeah. you feel like it's a toss up, I'll just flat out say it right now: don't bet it. Like, exactly. I'll give picks on toss ups. I will give picks on toss ups because I feel like I'm obligated to at least give a pick on a fight. But most of the time, when it is a toss up, I always note it as fifty fifty, super slight lean. Wouldn't bet this fight. Exactly, and so it's like in football. I haven't watched the Jets or a ben- or like let's say the Bills or the Bengals play this year. I haven't watched a second of them play, but I would still feel comfortable betting that game just off my knowledge of the league and, and yeah. my knowledge of how they're like going. The, the, and the Dolphins, pretty bad. Yeah, exactly, and so it's like uh, fighting. I, I don't recommend doing that. Like if you haven't watched mm-hmm. the guy fight, you don't know about his career. You don't know, you know, who he fought last. When's the last time he fought? You know what I mean? The matchup, is he fighting? How's his jiu-jitsu? Is he fighting a grappler? Is he a striker? Is he is he taller than the guy he's fighting? Like, I feel like you need to know these things, you know, before, sure. before. Like, I feel like basketball, football, you can kind of get by on, like, your knowledge of, you know, which team's good, which players are good, who's who's hot right now. Um, but I feel like fighters, you kind of got to, you know, do, dig a little deeper than the surface, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and honestly, with fighters, you know, they have to make weight, so weight cuts are a huge thing. Like, if a guy is comfortable in his weight class, we talked about this on our most recent show, Colby Covington has a very, like, good weight cut for him, like, uh, anatomically to make 170, whereas some guys struggle and literally kill themselves to make that weight. So, of course, 36 hours later, after you've damn near killed yourself to make it to a weight, you're just not going to be as good as a guy that didn't have to kill himself like that to get to the same weight as you. Man, I'm a little disappointed you haven't roasted this big ass water bottle yet, bro. This is this this is one of them motherfuckers that they leave out in the uh, in the desert on the border. Oh like, my god, it's, <laughs> it's is it a crystal geyser? Oh yeah, you know. But oh like, yeah, oh yeah. It's a it's a what a liter bottle, one point five. It's not even it's not even in ounces. It's in liters. Yeah, it's in liters. You're right. It's the it's the one point five hitter. That's why. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got it from the border. It's in liters. Oh man, but uh, I can't fucking believe. <laughs> I should have called you out on that. I, I was waiting. I was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's the whole screen, but whatever. We'll, just, we'll go with it. Yeah, no doubt, brother. No, I'm just fucking around. But um, all right, and I also kind of wanted to touch on um how like different sports books will have different numbers. Perfect. So I so I have this brought up in front of me right now. I have five different books up in front of me, and I was just yeah. going to run through the odds on Costa Adesanya just for people to get an understanding of what that looks like. And what a sports book is is the yeah. people that set the numbers that take the bets. The um, essentially the 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 people that establish all these parameters that we've been explaining throughout the podcast. Yeah, and I should note we always say like, oh, Vegas makes this line, Vegas makes this line, whatever. It's not really Vegas. We just say that because all the casinos have traditionally been started in Las Vegas where gambling was legal. Uh, really, you know, there's all kinds of sports books. Atlantic uh, City has a lot of pool. I know. Bingo. In, on Jersey, right? They're in Jersey. Bingo, yeah. So Nevada and New Jersey were the first two United States states to have like fully legalized gambling for their residents. Uh, Colorado now is on that on that track and a few others too, which is great. But for instance, like uh, Bovada, which is like a national uh, betting website you could access at any point as long as you had a VPN through Nevada, New Jersey, up until now recently. Um, they usually have pretty standard odds. They almost line up exactly with William Hill and Caesars. William Hill and Caesars are going to be your top two sports books in the United States and globally. Okay. Um, they okay. hold the most like median odds of any of any book. So you'll probably get your worst odds there. 
to be quite honest. Like you'll make yeah, your least money. They're they're bland, right? Like they're going to be like right down the middle. You and won't it, get any. Exactly. Like, you don't get like any action good. either side. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. But it'll give you your most fair line of the fight. And too. then other sports books, because they are smaller, probably give more extreme lines to try yeah, to the, entice yep. business away. They juice the underdogs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yep, that's yep. and that's what you have to do. So, for instance, uh, there's a odd shark odd shark opening. Uh, odd shark is where I go to get my betting odds. Just for anyone that wants to know, they'll list like all the sites that provide odds for that fight. And then if you have an account or are able to access that site, you can go bet there from odd shark. It's a pretty nice little site. Um, so they always list the opening odds. Opening odds are what Vegas essentially, uh, or any sports book as an, as an agreement will say like, this is what we think. Now the public, you start betting money and from your bets that will move the lines to the final. Like we talked yeah. about earlier, yes, when you yes. put money, it moves the lines. Exactly. And that was literally the next thing on my list. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Exactly. So if, if, so, if everybody and their dog, and this doesn't even mean that it's smart money. So this no, is another, smart money will come in within 36 hours of the event occurring. Exactly. That is called sharp money. There's sharp money, smart, AKA smart money. And then there's the public, the masses, and you'll hear like actual gambling shows like talk about the difference in those two things because certain things are just gonna be popular. Now, this example kind of sucks because LeBron's like actually favored to win, but like say LeBron was on a bad team, there's still so many LeBron fans that would put money on LeBron that it yeah. would like it would sway the number in like an artificial way. They're less, an underdog. They're less of an underdog because the public bet them that way, not because LeBron was actually as good as the public perceived him to, to yeah, be. And that's just one example. Like, like I, I, I'm sure, and I was probably one of them, whenever McGregor and Mayweather fought, I'm sure there were so many McGregor fans that just wanted to put money on McGregor for the sake of putting money Absolutely. on Absolutely. That that just influenced the, the line. Because otherwise, you know, Mayweather, I mean, the smart money, I mean, the Mayweather was probably going to win the fight. I mean, oh, they Mayweather got a bet of $11 million on his side the night of the fight. Like, all the sharp money on earth poured into Mayweather. Literally within six hours of him There fighting. was so much public money like, on McGregor. Oh, yeah, so yeah. much on McGregor that the Sharps were all, like, literally foaming at the mouth of the line and just letting it move, letting it move, letting it move. And they were like, okay, now it's time. It's a real – it's one of the best boxers, if not the best boxer for that weight class of all time against a guy who's never had a professional fucking boxing match. Exactly. Let's take the easiest money I've ever gotten in my fucking life. Yeah, man, and so Ridiculous. it's like – it, what I like about gambling is that, you know, everything, I've, so many things in life is a fucking game, but it's like they don't, like, admit that it's a game. But, right. like, gambling, like, it is a game, man. It's yeah, the definition it is. of a game. It is. That it, but they call it like it is, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's so, so crazy because it's super accurate, but at the same time, like, it's all kind of facetiously built. Exactly. It's like the most artificial real thing. Cause yeah, it's like it's, like it's real, real shit, money, but it's also but it's completely like, – it's like uh, blockchain currencies. That's literally how it feels to me. Very. That's a good That's a good analogy. Yeah, because it's like – it's based all on just like opinion and like I guess you could say insider knowledge. Like confidence. It's based on confidence essentially. Confidence and like – or just like – a bunch of, you're factoring in a millions of dumbasses that don't know what they're talking right. about, like influencing it. So like that's what it's, it's real, but it's based on like nothing, but it's something. It's, it's well, really it's like trippy. when it's like Anderson Silva's first fight in the UFC. He was an underdog to Chris Lieben. 
And if you ask anyone in the UFC that was like working for the company at that time, they were all betting like their fucking mortgages on Anderson Silva to win that fight, which okay. I mean, he starched Chris Lee, but I don't think he got punched in that fight. Yeah, like starched I, him. So it'd okay. be like betting your life savings on Shimaev in his first fight because yeah. you knew who he was before he got there. Yeah. That's what happened back then. But Vegas wasn't sharp on the UFC then. Yeah. It was so many years ago. Now Vegas is a lot better about that because they got their through. ass taken. Okay, that's that's interesting. That's interesting for sure, man. Anybody that's tuned into any dreadful talk ever, actually, thank you so much, and I hope we appreciate you. I'm gonna get my guest this week's guest, Harrison Madden, back on here. Hello, we're back. We're back. Sorry, I had to go. Um steal this water bottle off a guy in the Home Depot parking lot. Real I was going to say, were you auctioning work or like, how'd you get that? Yeah. I did, well, you know, I, I, I picked a guy up from um, Home Depot and he didn't make it home. So I kept the water bottle. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, man, I'm just fucking around. But, uh, but yeah, man, so, uh, <laughs> I wanted you, I want to start this part, or part two of episode 16. I wanted to start this part off with your fat dad. And then, um, and then I wanted you to just start running through your picks uh, for UFC 253. Um, you can do them all if you want to, or just the ones that you feel real confident about, um, you know, including the prelims. I'll be real. I'll be completely honest. I only really have strong opinions about the co-main and the main. So I'll, okay. I'll kind of I'll rejoin you um, once we get to that point. But, yeah, I'll just pretty much – let you, you know, you can take your dab and then we'll... I'll just Do you want me to... Right, let me ask you, you want me to start at the top and go down or you want me to start at the bottom and go up? Prelims to main, like bottom up, I guess. All right, cool. Then you pick whatever prelim fight you want. I'll introduce the odds. I'll talk about how it's moved and then we'll give a little little preview. All right, cool, cool. While you take your dab, I'll get the card pulled up. Get the old faithful little scumbag laptop. Yeah, I got you, bro. The first fight is uh, Cadiz Ibrahimov versus uh, Danilo Marquez. Okay. It opened. Uh, I should note, Ibrahimov, 0-3 in his UFC tenure, 11-0 before he came to the UFC. So he's had some tough, tough fights. Uh, Marquez never fought in the UFC before. The fight opened at minus 185 for Ibrahimov and plus 150 for Marquez. Uh, what that means for anyone at home that's wondering uh, Ibrahimov is the favorite, but it's not necessarily even two to one. So it's supposed to be a good fight on paper. Um, it say the number one more time, bro. Sure. So the number for Ibrahimov is one eighty-five minus one eighty-five. Minus one eighty-five. The number for Danilo Marquez is plus one fifty. That's an open. That's what it opened at. And so that means that you would have to bet. $180 on Igor Bimov to win $100. Precisely. And on, it, on the flip side, you'd have to bet $100 to win $155 if you bet the underdog. That's so exactly like we right. about on part one, that, incentivized, that incentivizes bettors to bet on the underdog because if it was just straight up, they'd probably just take Ibra Gimoff or whatever the fuck. Right. So, so yeah, like if you bet 100 on Marquez, you, you can win 150 If you bet 100 on... Ibrahimov, you can only win sixty. Exactly. So, so it's like, what would you want to do in that case, right? Yeah. You'd want to bet the on your better likely. option, but it's also less likely that option hits. Yeah. So Vegas tries to find this crazy balancing game, which I'm glad exactly. you brought that up. Yeah, it's this, it's this balancing point. That's why they set the numbers where they set them, 
and I'll get to that whenever we get to the Blasterwitz Reyes fight. Uh, yeah, it's uh, moved a lot. That's, that, number's uh, that number's wild. moved a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. definitely. I'm glad you say that. We're going to yeah. talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we're going to sure. get. We're going to. We're going to go deep on that one. But uh, but yeah, man. So so yeah, I just kind of um, wanted to. That's one thing we didn't quite get dive too deep into on part one. So I just kind of want to break down what those numbers meant when he yeah. says plus and minus. Said plus is going to be the underdog. You win more money by betting on the underdog. Um, minus is going to be the favorite, but you win. You're more likely to win, but you win less money because it's more of a sure thing. It's less uh, of a gamble. Hence another the word gambling. And another thing that was really hard for me in the very start for perceptions was uh, the plus and minus. Here's an easy way to think about that. If you see plus, that means you bet 100 to win that number. Mm-hmm. If you see minus. That means you bet that number to win a hundred. Yeah. So minus is equals out in winning a hundred. Plus equals out in winning that number. Exactly. That the minus one was harder for me to understand. Though. Right. Plus, it, yeah. Right. Yeah, minus makes no sense. Straightforward, but minus. I mean, I mean, it makes sense, but it's it, it, it's it's just one of those things you gotta you gotta like recalibrate. It's like right. how like music jargon makes sense to musicians but that shit don't mean nothing like a four like a four three tempo it's like what does that mean to anyone outside of music we're a three four tempo where the hell it is i don't even know i'm lost i'm lost in music i know four three defense and three four defense yeah i thought that's where you were going i swear to god i thought (laughs) where you were going i was like oh yeah i'm a mike and will uh but uh but yeah, man. All right, yeah. Like I said, um, if there's any fights, more fights on the prelims that kind of jump out to you that you feel like oh. you can get a good number on. Yeah. So this is what I was gonna say about that fight, though. Uh, it's been bet down actually to uh, minus one seventy for Ibrahimov and plus one forty for Marquez. Uh, so essentially, that means they're not getting a lot of action because they're yeah. lowering the odds on it, and both both favors they're going down. And when when in both directions it goes down, they're just not getting enough action. Okay. So it's not worth their while. So they don't want to lose that on makes it. So sense. they just decide to kind of rush into bet on that fight. Like... Right. Yeah. It's like capsizing your own boat. Like, why would yeah. you do it? You know what I mean? So um, what I was going to say with this fight is that Marquez has the most suspect last two wins I've ever seen in my life. Like against the most suspect opponents I've ever seen in my life on the Brazilian circuit. How he got a UFC fight, I'll never know. Ibrahimov is literally fighting for his UFC life like he'll be cut for sure if he loses i guess they did him a solid by giving him that opponent i feel that way too yeah i I feel that way too and even though marquez's record is nine and other guy is solid by giving him eager for his debut you can view it that way too true right like the ufc is being nice to both guys here the battle of the garbage but i think ibrahimov gets this one done uh and i don't think it even goes the distance i think he actually finishes marquez inside of three um so there's there's one where he's minus 170 just to win right now. If you could find the odds for him to win by a finish, regardless of round, which they oftentimes offer, probably give him like a minus 110, maybe even like a plus 120, where you could actually net net profit off of your same same money. So, yeah. yeah, so the um, more specific your bet gets, essentially, the more money you can win because the less likely it is to happen. That's the trade-off. You know, as one goes up, the other goes down. It's a right, converse which, relationship. Which, for anyone that wants, like, a little insight to my betting record, the first fight on the card last weekend was Tyson Nam versus uh, yeah. Jerome Rivera. I text my picks to DMAC, so if anyone needs this proof, he has them. Yeah, but I have receipts. I, have I, receipts. Said, I said that Rivera was on a, a short notice. It's not great to fight a heavy striker on short notice because there's a good chance you get caught. Yeah. Uh, as we talked about in our breakdown on BP Boys, 
uh, Rivera was essentially just getting dialed in on over the first five minutes. Uh, Nam KO'd him in the in the first minute of the second round. That was my prediction. Harrison called that Nam would win by TKO in the second. He called that like a week before the fights or like a, a few days before like we're doing now. Um, so, yeah, that's exactly why I wanted to have him on here for you guys. And that's like we're, we're going to um, – we're working on the BP Boys website, and we're we're gonna have a tab on there with like weekly picks and you know beefy bets that we like. Yeah, beefy bets tab. Um, so so that's what this is kind of a little preview of. P- you know, we wanted to just you know introduce people to sports betting, and then also you know kind of get some picks in for you guys as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. So so you're feeling eager Ibrahimov on that one, and, and you you'd prefer to even take him by finish. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could find a better number on it, for sure. Um, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, what other prelims are standing out to you? Um, so the one after that, Juan Espino. I mean, I wouldn't take him on this number because it's minus 300, so it's not really worth it necessarily. Yeah. But I think he wins yeah. outright. Like, I think he's better than Jeff Hughes in almost every phase of the fight. And Espino is actually like a he's – a, he's a Spaniard, but he's uh trains with – I want to say Dillashaw and those guys out in California, okay. the the garage or whatever the hell their gym is called. Okay. Um, legit skills. He's he's a legit fighter. Like it's gonna be a good fight. By the way, I should know Ibrahimov Marquez is two hundred five. Uh, that's gonna be a fun one, just okay. for the size. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. What uh, the fight, the next yeah. fight after Espino Hughes, uh, their odds. By the way, like I said, minus three hundred plus two thirty for Hughes. So when you not get really that big of a number. Unless you really feel you're going to get an upset, like you really like just something in your gut, like you just, you know that the underdog is going to win. It's kind of not worth it. I mean, or, I mean, I don't know. Like it all, it honestly kind of depends how big your bankroll is. Right. Like Right. Uh, That's so yeah. And I would say, I would say the safest thing, I should have said this in the first part, a, a real professional gambler will bet with units where they have a standard unit they bet on every bet regardless. And then their confidence in a bet will dictate how many units they bet on that specific bet, if that makes sense. Really? So, like, what? So, like, you just, like, decide, like, for me, a unit is 100 bucks. Like, what are you comfortable with betting on? If you're going to make a bet with someone, if someone just said, let's bet on it, what's that comfortable number for you? That's a unit. Okay. All right. So, so like, so like, if you were like, yeah, I'll make that bet. Like, that's a unit. Now, if you think you're taking advantage of someone, you're like, yeah, let's make that bet. That's probably two units. Okay. And if you're like, if you're like, well, I can't, like, I can't miss. Like, bet hey, the oh, house. You're wrong. Yeah, if you're like, you're wrong, then it's bet the house, which is like five units. All right, all right, cool. That's good to know. That's good to know. I had never heard that terminology. So like, once again, that's why I had. That's why I had it, Harrison, on for y'all. Um, you know, co-host of BG Voice Breakdown. So I'm, that's why I'm the unit man. Yeah, he's the unit man, and um, and we have some good units right now, and um, we're gonna be bringing them BP bets to y'all whenever the website goes up. So like I said, it's a little taste, a little, a little nibble, a little free sample of crack to get your teenager hooked on it. Um, and uh, but yeah, so um, all right, yeah, man, um. We we can jump up we can jump up to the main card after that. I'll save I'll save the rest of the picks on the prelims for the Beefy Boys breakdown. So if you yeah. want to get the rest of those picks, you can come to the breakdown. Yeah, I will yeah. say on Alexa Sunday. Kamer and William Knight is the fight after Espino Hughes, third fight on the prelims. If you're gonna f- watch any fight on the prelims, watch that fight. Watch well, what, that fight. What's the number on it? What's the number on that? Okay, fight? so it's minus one seventy five for Kamer and plus one fifty five for William Knight opening. 
Some books don't have a number on it right now because it's so crazy the way the number, the way the money's coming in. They can't like get their numbers calculated. Yeah. So like for instance, well, well, yeah. So check it out. Like one book, uh, sports betting Euro sports betting UK has it minus one fifty five for Kamer and plus one thirty five for Knight. But then Intertops, which is a U.S. site, has it plus one forty five for William Knight and minus one eighty five for Kamer. Reverse. No, 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 not reverse, but even like oh, they okay. drag the lines further in yeah, each way, yeah. and then and then Bovada's not even offering a line on it yet, because wow. they don't know what to take. So that's just a banger. Then that's why that's why you said it's a good one to watch, probably a bad one to bet. Yes, terrible one to bet, great one to watch. Uh, William Knight's only loss is to uh, in Chukwi to Tefon and Chukwi, who's a guy that's five and zero, all five by knockout. All five in under three minutes on the contender series knocked William Knight out. Oh. And then William Knight got brought back to the contender series after another win in between. And then he destroyed the last guy he fought in the contender series. And now fights Lex Kamer, who's Kamer 6 and 0, uh, like Ukrainian or Russian. Uh, so it's like a fight of like two dudes that are legit, like could be really good. I think 185. Well, I was, I was about to ask the weight class. All right, man. Yeah. I'll keep an eye out for that one for sure. Or it's one eighty five or two oh five, but they're legit. I love prelims, man. That's where I find my like 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 this is prelims McGee. Like this is like one of these two dudes is a rising star. That's where we found comms at a few weeks ago. I'm saying. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh for sure, brother. Um so yeah, well I guess we can jump up to the main card then if you want. Yeah, yeah, we'll go ahead with it. Uh, so, so the first fight is, uh, Hakeem Dawudu versus, uh, Zabira Tukugov. Uh, I already texted you about this fight. I told you it's, it's going to be fight of the night. It's just going to be fight of the night. Fight of the night. Bold claim for my man here. Cause there's, there's a lot of bangers on this card. So let me just run you the odds real fast on this fight. It opened at both guys minus 110. Even dead even so dead even. The public really decide. Yeah, Vegas said Vegas. Go. Yeah, Vegas literally told the public like you you guys take the line. So for intertops, still at minus minus one ten each way. Actually, they have it at one fifteen each way, but same odds. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Sports betting UK has it at uh, Dewudu minus one hundred and Zubirov uh, or Zubira uh, minus one twenty. So Zubirov's a slight favorite in that, but you can't make profit on that yeah it's like a or i guess yeah i guess because he's minus 102 so he's technically not a minus 100 because it really there is no minus 100 it's technically plus 100 only yeah yeah just that's that's technicality but point being uh bovada has this at dewudu minus 110 and tukagov minus 120 that's probably gonna be what william caesars or william hill caesars has it at uh so tukagov is the slightest of favorites i mean the absolute slightest I like Dewudu in this. So let me ask you this, because earlier we talked about how we don't necessarily like to jump on super big numbers, but we're also kind of telling people to stay away from toss-ups too. Like, where do you fall in that? I mean, that's what I mean. Uh, so what number? And that's what we've been talking about, how everything's nuanced in gambling. But I just kind of wanted to talk about that balance right there. Because, you know, you don't want to take too shitty of a number. But if it's too small of a number, it's kind of a toss-up. Um, yeah. I would, so. say, I would say plus 300s about where I stop looking at it. I was about to say, if you can find something in the twos, 
that's probably usually like some like some good action you think or like if, yeah. if you like it if you like that number you know what i mean that's not too extreme one way or the other too small right too big, kind of a sweet spot absolutely that's that's absolutely how i feel now now if you get minus 300 that's almost not worth it either because you're talking about betting 100 bucks to win 33 yeah yeah starts to feel not really worth it and then that's what we were talking about earlier too about like size of your bankroll because when you use the 133 it doesn't make much sense but like but 10 grand netting exactly. you netting you 3333 that and, feels pretty fucking good and so like um i feel like you know people with bigger bankrolls can more afford to bet the favorites and and bet straights and bet straights and then you know I'll admit it. I mean, I'd be throwing like 20, 40, whatever little bit of change at these fights. I'm pretty much only going to bet underdogs because you want to see profit. Like, what am I going to do when $5? You know what I'm saying? I want to make it worth my time. So that, that's something to factor in too. that. Like work, it's kind of like we're telling you to not bet favorites, but we kind of assume we're talking to people like us, you know, people, you know, I, I guess you could say everyday Joe's out there that ain't super ballers, you know, that ain't trying to, you know, spend thousands of dollars on their gambling, you know what I mean? But there's those people out there that, you know, have, you know, $100,000 bankrolls, $50,000 bankrolls, and it, trust me, it gets bigger than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, they're more comfortable, you know, putting a few grand on a favorite and then they still win a few grand, even though the number is not super great. Yeah. Honestly, uh, Dave Portnoy, the dude that runs Barstool. Barstool, yeah. His fucking, a single unit for him is 20 grand. And he'll, some weekends, put 10 units on shit. Like, he'll go up to 10s. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's yeah. insane with his betting. Exactly. And, and those guys exist. Those guys out there. Um, you know, but th- those guys are out there in any kind of hobby. You know, if you're in the of car, course, yeah, sports cards collecting. You saw the you saw the Giannis card. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. I'm in the sports card. Some asshole bought a card for 1.8 million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Let me touch on that. Wasn't even a ten. So they get graded on a scale of one to ten. He had his card graded. It was a nine, and and you can even do nine point five on certain graders. So like it was, like. I have no idea, and and it's another thing that proves that they don't know what they're talking about or what they're doing. Um, it's a one of one, so that's why it's so valuable. It's a one oh. of one, but you're not supposed to grade one of ones for that exact reason because you can oh. only hurt your value. You right, 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 right. And you're literally hurting value because there's no other one, so you can't resubmit it. Like you can't. So you literally like that's kind of like a. Yeah, what the hell? Hard communities don't get your one of ones graded because, like, essentially, it's all risk and no reward. I mean, if you if you do, I guess there is reward because if it does grade, if it is a ten, yeah, it it increases in value a lot. But but yeah, this asshole spent one point eight million dollars on a fucking nine. Damn, that's crazy. I wondered. I wondered about that. Like, why? Damn, I'm so happy you explained that because I legitimately wondered what made it that valuable. Yeah, it was a one-of-one, one and it's a flawless, which flawless is like a super high-end line of cards. It's like designer cards, essentially, super high-end. So, I mean, it's worth a lot of money. One point, and another thing that's stupid about that is you'll never make a profit, ever, ever, ever. I oh, when you buy it at that, when at you that buy number? It at that yeah. Price. Like, and if you're a collector, just buy a different one for cheaper. Or I don't know. I, I think it was just a flex type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Some rich yeah. uncle had nothing else to spend his money on, but whatever. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, man. So um, that that's just like like what we were saying. That's a prime example. No matter what hobby you're into, no matter what you're doing, there's some baller out there that'll try to make you, you know, big dick you and make you feel like, like I, I'm kind of hopping back on the skateboard. And you know, there's people out there really good at skateboarding. No matter what you're doing, there's gonna be somebody out there that's like bigger and badder and better or whatever. So, yeah, for sure. Know, but yeah, so you know, if you want to take it seriously and invest some money and try to, you know, be big time about it, you can you can actually make good money betting favorites. But uh, you know, for if you're just kind of an average Joe sports fan, kind of trying to make something interesting, maybe win a few bucks here and there, it's usually going to benefit you to bet underdogs. And I mean, that's what I do. I'm not like you know, doing yeah. that for right. sure. Right. Or or I mean, you know, if a guy's minus one fifty, I'll take that. I'll take a minus one fifty because. You're talking about winning, I think, $71 or something like that, or 68 bucks or something like that. That's the return on the minus 150. So it's like, it's, it's yeah. Worth time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, right. Because then it's, talk, then you're talking about if you want to, if you want to pull that 68 back off the top and make another bet with your 100, the most you'll lose that night's 32 that's for two point. bets and you get really entertained. And then if you win again on another, on another, let's say, not even underdog, like you bet a guy that's minus 200 in the next fight and you win 50. Well, then you pull your hundred back, and now you're plus one hundred eighteen bucks on the night, and you can just stop, or you can bet a hundred again and still be up eighteen. Yeah, yeah, that's what a lot of people sometimes do. chaining chaining favorites. Yeah, that original hundred and just keep the profit. Yeah, just that's what I like to do. Things separate. Yeah, I like to chain bet favorites if I if I feel confident. Now, guys like TJ Laramie last week will fuck you because they fight third in the card and get tapped in 50 yeah, seconds he was to a, the he only was way they can lose. It was like the a only minus way they, 350 or three, three something. I think, I think it was 335 or 340. It sucked. It sucked either way. It was terrible. Yeah, that was probably anyway. the parlay pick last week. But, uh, yeah, and that's why parlays are so tough because yeah, your like, odds of I went, I went right. yeah, 10 and 2 on the card last week, and that happens to be one of the two I miss. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly, man. Um. Do you want to jump straight to Reyes Blasiewicz, or was there? Yeah, was yeah, there no, yeah. Let's. That? No, we can go ahead and jump straight to it. That'll be right, fun. That'll be yeah, fun. For sure, make it. Yeah, I. Uh, this fight's I'm, I'm this fight's extensive. This I'm yeah. really excited for this one. Um, so yeah, we'll get on a little bit on the MMA tip and a little bit on the betting tip. Um, so like, this is the the 205 light heavyweight championship because the legend John Bones Jones. Some say the best to ever do it. I say the best to ever do it. Um, he, uh, he, he va- he's moving up to heavyweight and vacated his light heavyweight title. So Dominic Reyes versus, um, I don't even know, what's Blasiewicz's first name? Um, uh, Jan. Jan Blasiewicz are fighting for the 205 championship. Um, Reyes is a minus 300 favorite, or at least that's the number I was looking at this morning. Uh, yes, that's correct. Currently sitting at a minus 300, yep. And then Blasiewicz is plus 230. Um, and it's just a really interesting yeah. matchup. Um, uh, you good? You hmm. there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just, right. uh, I guess we're having some connection trouble. I can hear you, though. Don't worry. All right, all right cool, 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 for sure. Um, but, yes, yeah, so like, Ray is – the thing is they both have power. Like, I don't want to make it seem like it's finesse versus power, but it kind of is, but it's like both guys have power. But I feel like um, Reyes is a much more technical fighter. And, yeah. Um, I tend to lean technical over power. But then there's, you know, the old school saying of puncher's chance. And with Blasherwitz, it's more than a puncher's chance. Like, he's very, very good at it. And that's what he's trying to do. And, he, and he's made a career out of out of doing it. 
Um, so I don't want to make it seem like it's like classic brawler versus striker because Blashowitz, you know, he, he's very actually patient, even though he's yeah. a power puncher. Um, so it's a very interesting matchup. Like in a way, in a lot of ways, they're similar. In a lot of ways, they're different. Like body types, they couldn't be more different. But I think like, and one, um, is it, which one's a southpaw? One of them's a southpaw, one of them's um, orthodox. Uh, I believe uh, Blahovich is the southpaw. Is, is the southpaw exactly? So, like I said, in a lot of ways, these guys remind me of each other, but in a lot of ways, they're so different. Right. Well, and like, what's crazy about it is it opened at minus two thirty for Dominic Reyes and plus one eighty for Jan Blahovich, and the general public has just gone wild with it and bet it up to minus three hundred for Reyes. So it's not like Vegas is as confident in him as the rest of the general public is right now. Yeah, and I'm not as confident in him either. Now, I, I, do I think he wins? Yeah, I think he does. I think he does. I think he, well, I, I think, and this is probably, like, really easy to say, but I think it's a classic example of I think that if it goes the distance, Reyes wins, but I think, obviously, Blashowitz can knock him out. Like, I, I think – I mean, that's, I don't know. Maybe that's a cop-out to say. but No, I, I think the best comparison for this fight as far as, like, a previous fight has to be when Blahovich fought Gustafson. Uh, Reyes isn't necessarily a small light heavyweight. I think he's 6'3". 6'4". 6'4", yeah, there you go. I mean, he's he a big guy. He enough has a one-inch reach disadvantage to Blahovich. Yeah, 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 he has long arms. But the thing about it is Reyes is quicker He's a little Quick bit better footwork. Yeah. Uh, his boxing is good. His wrestling is good. They're, they're, they're per- kicks. Yeah. I would say Reyes is a bit better striker as far as, like, being able to mix it up in his in-and-out movement. Blahovich just has that crazy power. Yeah, this is the crazy power, exactly. And, I mean, if you look at, like, their credentials, like, like their resume, I'd rather, I should say, I mean, Reyes' resume is way more impressive. I looked up – Yeah, I agree. I'm just going to read off Reyes' last five fights. Cannoneer, who's a badass, win. OSP, who back then was kind of fucking around, but he is a badass. Win. Was that was that how long ago was that? Year year ago, year and a half. Do you have the date by chance? I, I didn't write down the date. I think these are all twenty nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I agree. He's yeah. been very, both of these fighters have been very active, and both of their last fight was around the same time. Um, yeah. So that's interesting to note too. Neither guy coming off a long break. Um, both guys have been really active. Um, but, yeah, so he has coming off Cannoneer win, Ovin St. Prue win, Ozdemir win, Weidman win. Um, and then his only loss was a highly controversial decision to John Jones. Not only lost ever, but in the last five on that murderer's that is That is his only loss ever. Oh, that he's is 12, he's 12 and 1. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, like I said, his I think Reyes is just like – Hey, also, side note. He didn't lose that fight. I love John Jones. And I won't say that if you ask me when we're talking about John Jones, but when we're talking about Dominic Reyes, he won that fight. Then that's I feel like how a lot of people feel. Like a lot I mean, of people like a lot I was watching a lot of podcasts where people were saying that um, you know, Reyes got robbed, but then they're like, Well, did he get robbed because he was fighting the GOAT? And I like, listened to I listened to Luke Thomas on Sirius Fight Nation call it live, driving home from work that night while I was watching on my phone. And I mean, he thought John Jones lost. Yeah, that's one of the one of the most revered MMA analysts there is out there right now. 
I was watching that fight. I will say it was back before I was as deep into it as I am now, and I was paying as close of attention as I am now. Um, and I am a big John Jones fan, and I was very drunk. So I was just kind of like – I'm a huge of, John Jones fan, so I'm definitely biased. Night. Like, I wasn't really trying to be objective like I do now when I watch it uh, for the podcast. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, so at the time, I was like, oh, everybody can fuck off. John Jones win. He's the GOAT. But I definitely, you know, looking at it with my more objective eyes, see the argument for, you know, Ray is winning that fight. Um, so I'm just saying, Cannoneer, OSP, Ozdemir, Weidman, and then a highly controversial, pretty much didn't lose to John Jones. Like, I, like his I, stock went up in that fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's hard for me to really, like, like I don't know. Like I said, I think, I mean, Blazovic could always catch him with a punch uh, and, and drop him. And I, I think maybe if he gets him in mount, it could be bad news because he's, he's a much thicker man. They yeah, yeah look, very much more thick. They don't look like they're the same weight class. Like, if you just looked at pictures of him ray is a super slender and not even like chiseled slender either like reyes is weird to me because he looks like he could be 185 like yo yeah. romero and yo romero and him look like the exact same size yeah in other words do. yeah no I, exactly um and so just completely different body types um Blasiewicz is very very thick very muscular very sturdy um, and, and then Reyes is so lanky so there are scenarios where i think it could go badly for reyes but I just and this number, this number. So like I like I if you're if you're asking me who I think is gonna win, I think it's Reyes. But do I like it enough to bet minus three hundred no. against the murderer like Blashevitz? I don't. So like I don't know. I would if you if you bet this fight. I mean I don't know unless you want to take like unless you want to bet on on the Blashevitz knockout. Yeah, no, that would net man. that would net you. So here's okay. Here's a term we didn't talk about earlier. So one more term we should add to the book. Uh, super important, and this is a great situation to talk about this in. If you got Dominic Reyes at the earliest minus two thirty, right? If you took that, a fantastic hedge. The term is hedge, right? Yeah. Fantastic hedge to that bet would have been to take Blashevitz while he was still his highest possible odds of victory. By knockout, because he's plus 180 opening, he's probably by knockout, or, or TKO knockout, he's probably plus 400 yeah. at opening. So you're talking about you can put 30 on Blashevitz to do that, right? And that would net you 120 to win, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, you can bet your typical 100 on Reyes. So if you lose that 100 and Blashevitz does do it, then you win... Plus 20. You're plus 20. Yeah. So your return on investment is still positive. But also, yeah, then in that that's case. That's a perfect example. That's a perfect example of hedging, as you said. And you'll, you, you hear people use the term hedge your bets all the time when they're like not even talking about betting. It's just like a phrase that's used in our society. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, so that is a hedge is to put small money on a big underdog and your normal bet on your regular dog or your regular your favorite. Your, your regular favorite. Yeah. Um, in the hopes that you will hit the sweet spot. And sometimes you can mathematically find a sweet spot, by the way. Sometimes Vegas does fuck up just slightly. Some, Well, not Vegas, but some sports books. So yeah, you like can be you on the lookout for the shit right like that. numbers out on the right, right places at the right times. Right. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's like what those fluid numbers, that's why we've been emphasizing that so much is because the fact when that public you controls. bet and where you bet play a big factor in, in, in your success or failure or – 
the degree of said success or failure. Oh yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Um, so, like I said, I mean, if you're if we were if we were just on beefy boys, like if I was talking about who I thought was going to win, just from like a sportsman's point of view. I would feel really good about Reyes, but I I really don't feel good about betting Reyes minus three hundred against the yeah. Flash the the odds aren't great. I mean, if you wanted to take, I would say in this fight for sure over two and a half rounds, super safe. I yeah. would even say I would both even say guys, you could you could push it over three and a half. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because both guys um, are patient fighters. They both don't push. They don't. Five, they don't force it. Before. Mm-hmm. And both guys, you know, know that in order to fight five rounds, you know, you can't necessarily go, you know, balls deep in round one. Um, right. And it's the pressure of an, of an open title that neither yeah. of them have held. That's true. That's a totally different dynamic than one guy fighting for another guy's belt. You're right. Right. The pressure dynamic is different. I feel like as far as like mental head game pressure. like you Right. Know Absolutely. Because it's, it's almost like tournament style rather than like challenger style. Yeah, yeah, less, less. I think less likely to pucker up, like just more yeah. probably a little looser, you know, than either than worrying about losing your belt or who knows. I mean, the minds of fighters are I, so. I think you're more patient. You know what I mean? Because I think you're like, I don't have to take this from him. Like, I just need to win this fight. Oh, and you're talking about even for like in the eyes of judges as well. Usually, yeah, like usually the way the fighter can more it... likely to win the decision. Right. That's an interesting point, man. That's a very interesting point. Um, but yeah, I just, I mean, the only way I see Blasovitz winning this fight is by knockout. I do not see him like outpointing Reyes and winning a decision. No, I mean, if if you wanted, uh, like I, like I was saying, I think absolute best bet, if you can find it on this is, is over three and a half rounds. Cause you're going to get a plus number on that. Uh, maybe you might get a minus one ten, but you're going to get your best odds on that. And it's going to be close. Like, there's a chance one of these guys could finish the other before then. You know, these guys are 205, big power. But like we're talking about, they're patient, they're calculated, they're they're they both have good chins. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, it, I don't see a, a finish it's going to be coming. A really fun fight. It's going to be a really fun fight. I think it's going to really come down to if if Reyes can keep the distance. I think now, that's what it boils down to. So so they're the co-main, and I agree <laughs> yeah. with Yeah, I agree with you. The, the range control is going to matter. That will be the determinant factor for sure because Blahovic and Close is going to win that. Yeah. But the, the main fight, the main event Costa is... Adesanya, which, yeah. which for, for people at home, and we're going to stress this on Beefy Boys Breakdown, the whole year, by the by the way, because this fight's been booked since like January. Yeah. Dana White has said this is his prediction for fight of the year, the whole year, and he keeps saying it. He keeps saying it. And we've been talking about it on like every podcast, it's, even though it's like not relevant. We can't wait, dude. It I there's I mean friends out here that I'm hanging out with, you know, what I'm saying on day to day, talking about uh, talking about Costa Adesanya with me. Like it's yeah. a fight that's kind of transcending the fight world and is actually going to like the sporting world. Yeah, and I love I love, I love when that shit happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's I mean it's it's a great thing. These guys hate each other. Uh, the last time Adesanya fought against Whitaker, he jumped up on the cage, uh, was flipping off Costa, and he was telling him, "You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit." And then he started talking shit on the mic to him after the fight. Like they yeah. hate each other. Like they do not I, like he each other. He was a fake as Ricky Martin. I love that. that yeah, was so he's, he's going to look the real Ricky Martin botched. That was a bar. Yeah, I was like, God damn. Yeah, but then Paulo Costa on the other side, the way he talks trash to Israel Adesanya is the greatest 
of anyone because he doesn't do anything that makes any sense at all. Like on SportsCenter, they had a, a teleconference a week ago, and Costa just starts unbuttoning his shirt and starts like pulling up his chest and his abs and is flexing at Adesanya while he's talking. Pisses Israel off, and he just starts yelling, put your tits away. No one wants to see that. And he's just super pissed off, gets vehemently angry, and just throws his headset and walks off. And then Costa buttons up his shirt, and he's like, where do you go, skinny boy? And it was just like, he's the ultimate troll to a guy that is a troll. Like, it's, it's great, man. It's a great yeah, fight. It's a great fight, just completely contrasting styles. Um, and a great fight on, from a betting perspective, much more intriguing than the reyes Blazovic because the numbers yeah. are so much lower. Um, it's yeah, super hard to call. Super hard to call and super fun to talk about. And you can profit either are, way, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Adesanya minus one, 175, so he is favored, but, like, you know, not hugely favored. Yeah, and I mean, then, you uh, win, like, 65 bucks on a $100 bet there, so not – like, it's worth betting. Yeah, it's worth betting. And then, it, but Costa plus 145, I mean – on a guy like Costa, who's a fucking animal, that's a great number if you like Costa. And you would never take Costa in a decision. You would never take that no. because you know he doesn't win this in a decision. You know, no. he wins, you know he wins by a finish. I honestly want to say that about both guys, too. Because just because Adesanya mm-hmm. is skinny, everybody's acting like there's no way he can knock out Costa. And I can oh, no. A lot hell of no. Hell no. Know. Yeah, Israel's a... One of the elite best kickboxers on earth. Like, on one earth. of the most elite strikers on earth. Like, yeah. he can knock out any man that is the same weight as him. I genuinely believe that. Yeah. And he's precision over power. Like, he will put the shot on the button rather than just put the lights out with, with the electricity going out. And he, and he has the, the – I'm uh, pretty sure he has a pretty big reach advantage. He, I mean, he's an incredibly long fighter. He does – but I will say stylistically, Costa, that's, he's, that doesn't matter. Costa's yeah. just going to charge in like a motherfucker a and get in tight. Yeah. yeah. yeah if no, for no. anyone that wants to see Costa on, on example, just go watch his fight with Romero. If you have ESPN Plus or a Disney Plus account, you can look it up. It's a phenomenal fight, and it shows you exactly who Paulo Costa is, which is entertaining as hell. It's why he's only plus 145. Yeah. For anyone that knows how good Adesanya is. Yeah. These are crazy close odds. They're also both undefeated. Adesanya 19-0, Costa 13-0. The only other time in UFC history two male fighters have fought for the belt undefeated, both sides. Leonardo Machida versus Rashad Evans in 2010. So you're talking about it's been a decade since two undefeated male fighters have fought for a belt. Yeah, And we get to see it Saturday. This is another one that, like, me personally, I'd probably avoid, not because of the number, because of what I said earlier about like betting on like teams I'm a fan of and shit like that, like I love want, Izzy. Like I want Adesanya to win so much. Like I, I I've been an Adesanya fan before we even started Beefy Boys. Like for like, sure, I, I, I've been an Adesanya for sure. fan. So like that's the reason why just like me personally, I wouldn't bet this fight. But the numbers given on this fight, I think, pre- present some really interesting betting opportunities. Like, For I think sure. People watching should bet this fight. I'm just saying, like, me personally. Because, I mean, minus 175, I mean, I could, I could see that being a great number on one of the best fighters in the world. But if you're one of these – I mean, it, see, this is kind of a fight that you bet with your heart, though, because it's not – I mean, everybody knows the like the styles, the credentials, the records. So it's just, it's, it's who do you like? You know what I'm saying? Do you like right. the the just 
you know, behemoth just pounds the destroyer. The destroyer, or do you like you know the the finesse, just the highest of high level Navy SEAL like precision of Israel Adesanya? Like I've seen, I've seen. It's like I've seen a lot of fights where precision wins, and I've seen a lot of fights where power wins. Like if Izzy, if Izzy somehow like tries to throw a kick and slips. And Costa lands on him. I mean, it's probably like over. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's it's like Izzy's a sniper, yeah. and Costa's a a, a right. missile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's, uh, man. Like either one can be effective. It just kind of de- depends on which depends on terms. Yeah, right. Terms. Yeah, yeah. Right. Whose terms does the fight take place on? Like, are you is Izzy at range? For him to just like land shots on his jaw, is he controlling the distance, making Costa charge at him? Because if you remember, we were together when we watched this fight, Stipe and Verdum. Stipe very first won the belt. Verdum just charged at him, and Stipe landed that stepping exactly. backwards counter right. I could see that happening. Out. I could see that. I, I can see it. I can see it literally in my brain. I can see it happening, well, like I, with those two guys. I could see Costa maybe somehow like pressing him up against the cage and just and just landing like a bomb a and couple then, and, bombs like even yeah they're partially getting rocked, him rocked mm-hmm. like yeah like that's what I'm worried about like I'm worried about like Adesanya doing everything right but it's just Costa's power like just translates through the defense well, and when guys get inside and they're down a trade like Gaslam was it's it can be a problem for Izzy. Because yeah. sometimes he is a little like he's down to trade he, as well, and with the guy's power, like knockout, though. in the fifth round, though, after taking yeah. a bunch of damage and being yeah. fucking dead, and, and but he wouldn't survive that damage against Costa. That's where my point is: is Costa, even though <laughs> Gaslam hits hard, Costa is another level, next level hard yeah. hitter. Like he is top level hard hitting. So we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be interesting. If I had to give a lean, I lean out of Sonya. And I would bet him in. Uh, I would bet him in. Probably over two and a half, under three and a half. I think he gets a finish mid third round. Dude, I was this close to saying I might bet the under two and a half on this one, just because of the. It's close, right? Like it's uh, close, right? Because I, I go early third, but if you go late, if you go late second, like that's well, I guess if I go early third, that's under two and a half. What I'm saying is the. What I'm saying is, is like the more I think about it, the, the less I see this going the distance. Yeah, me too. Because Costa's I, I, just going to push and charge, and he's going to force striking. You know, and like, Israel's going to trade. I'll even go a step further to say, because like I said, you either like Adesanya in this fight or you like Costa in this fight. But I think whatever fighter you like, whichever one it is, I would up the ante a little bit and, and bet for the finish. Yes, I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. Your number, but also, you know what I think that means? I think that means that the safest bet in this fight is that you bet most likely under two and a half or under three and a half. Like if you can find those numbers. Yeah, I I think so, man. I do not. The more I think about it, I because because Costa's going forward and Adesanya's counterpunching. I mean, that's what it is. Like, we don't even have to watch the fight to know. Right. That, like, that's, that's, that's just their styles. But styles so make who's, fights. Who's going to catch who? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. That, that's not going five. 
It's, oh, but it might be important to note they're back in the full-size cage, right? They are in a full-size cage. That helps Izzy a fuck ton. But if you heard his recent interview with Ariel Hawani, and I agree with you. I don't disagree with you at all. This is just Izzy's perspective. Ariel asked him that exact question. Do you like being in a bigger cage because you're the <laughs> – Because you have <laughs> – My apologies. Better yeah, footwork. <laughs> and uh, Izzy was just – he he kind of laughed and was like, you know, guys say that makes a difference, and to me it makes no difference. And he raised a good point, which is in kickboxing he plays – or he fought an even smaller square with actual corners where he was where he had to get his footwork in and out of places. You know what? Against anybody else, I would totally buy into that. But against Costa, you can't tell me that you don't want to the, be – Yeah, the, the extra against, space isn't against good. Against just the go-for tank. Yeah, like, a, you know yeah a blitzing saying? gorilla. Like, like of course it, you want – a little more space. Yeah, if he was fighting another, you know, rangy guy or another, really anybody else. If he was fighting a grappler. About Jared Cannonier, for instance. Yeah, like, like damn near anybody else, I would agree with him. But against Costa, this particular matchup, this cat and mouse game that's going to be going on, that's a great. That's a a. Hey, that's a great term. It is. It's cat and mouse. It's it's Costa chasing Adesanya. Yes. And Adesanya trying to lead him into traps and set yes. traps and set land trap. land bombs from traps. It's gonna be like goddamn uh, Macaulay Culkin in there. Just yeah, it's like yeah, booby trap. Yeah, you be oh, home no. alone, dog. Yeah, no, for real. I that could easily work. Like like I, those booby traps could turn off Costa's heavy ass lights at any given second. Right, and that's that's what we're talking about with precision striking for Israel. Like, like that, I don't think that Costa is gonna get like a like say Costa wins by knockout. I don't think it's like a clean drops him knockout. I think it's like a oh, no. ugly like it's like a brutal like, fucking yeah round or like just up against the cage clinch. Like I don't think it's gonna be like a boxing exchange like duck and let one rip. Like you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't see that. I think down. more than likely the way that Costa would win is to catch him with a big shot while they're on the feet. Israel starts to try and duck and dodge and run because he knows when he's in trouble to, you know, he's start hurt. moving. Yeah. yeah, he knows when he's hurt to start moving. Like, he's fought damn near 100 professional fights, 75 kickboxing, 20 MMA. Like, he knows to get on his bike and move. But Costa, like, we're talking about bull in a china shop. He'll just press in the cage and then just start throwing bombs. And like you were saying, even if he's partially connecting, partial, partially connecting, when you're rocked, you'll get sat down from shit like that. When we talk about this on Beefy Boys all the time, but, like, if there's certain guys' power, especially once you get above welterweight, that just – you it's kind of indefensible power. Like, even if you right. block it perfectly. Like, honestly, like, like a certain guy's head kicks, even if you block it perfectly, or just certain guys' power can punch through a guy's guard. And um, Yeah, 205 and heavyweight show this all the time. And anyway, this is especially. a fight, but Costa is like how he makes really one eighty five. Yeah. Even 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 God himself doesn't understand it. It makes no sense. Like he weighs like two forty. Like he's massive. Right. Like he literally looks like a like. Actually, he put a picture man. up on the scale when he signed the contract for the fight. He weighed uh, two twenty seven. Two twenty seven. Yeah. I mean, when he, he signed, because he is very lean. He's extremely lean. But he's just Dude, that's so huge. Small. He has to cut forty two pounds. 
But I don't even know where, like, because I mean, I think he was two twenty seven with abs. Like, it's not like yeah, no, like, yeah. But but think about think about forty two pounds that are two twenty seven. That's twenty percent of that number. He literally drops twenty percent of his body weight to fight. Like, what do you think he he steps in John Wayne? Do you think he gets back up to like two fifteen, two ten? I think they weighed him the last time against Romero. I think they said he was two oh seven. He put on like twenty two pounds in thirty six hours. Yeah. That's that's I mean that's guys, insane. That, these guys, that's what they do, right? Like I mean, that, mm-hmm. these guys are masters at it, and they have whole teams. It's not just them. Thank God, it's not. Just well, them. And, and muscle holds more water than fat, as far as tissue is concerned. So, like the fact that he is like two percent, three percent body fat means that his muscle can hold more water. So when he cuts weight, he dehydrates way way further than other guys because his muscles are so inflated and then when he rehydrates he puts on more weight than other guys because his muscles can rehydrate so much he literally inflates just like adesanya said he said that big yeah inflatable he literally is like an inflatable he is because of his muscle tissue but i mean the thing is though he still has like fluid movement like he doesn't have yeah like no, that he's stiffness that usually muscled up guys have. He's it's not really like 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 Blahovich is really blocky when he punches. Yeah. Costa yeah. is fluid as shit and just he's really fluid. really aggressive and like he just is non-stopping. Got to ask you, you think uh, you think Costa's out natural or? Uh... I don't know. There's all kinds of fucking talks about it. I think he is natural, man, because you saw the bust dudes when it's not good for the UFC. And this will be a prime time from the Busta guy when it was talked about it being not good for the UFC. But I'll say I don't if know, he's man. Not, if he's not, he's a genetic freak. Like, right, right. Like, like, like he's, he's different than me or you like or most Aaron other Donald. humans. Like, like he's like an Aaron Donald type of mother. I think Yo Romero is in the same cut of humans as Paulo Costa, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get Because Yo Romero's 42, and he looks like that still. True that, true that. But see, when you're on 42, you can get approved for TRC illegally. Not in the UFC, though. Yeah, good point, good point. But, yeah. Like, like Yo Romero is supposedly natural at 42 and looks like that. Am I racist for saying that I would be less likely to believe he was on roids if he wasn't from Brazil? Yeah, for no, you're not racist at all because it's like, that Brazilian acai. You know what I'm saying? That, there's like a uh, like a, a lot of precedent in the specific sport yes, of UFC. Yes, uh, if, uh, specifically uh, for fighting in Brazil, like any sort of fighting martial art. Like that's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's all of it. Like they they have performance enhancing drug histories. It's a it's a big problem over there. Um, yeah, I, I I gotta be real, bro. I was dying. I felt like a douche, but I was dying. Uh, I was watching the little pre-fight like hype video between like Costa and Adesanya and like they're like back in Brazil and like Costa they're like we opened a brand new state of the art facility and then they like zoom in real close and it's like a real rusty like garage door being opened <laughs> it's like I'm not I, I fucking like, hate I like, fucking I, hate <laughs> Paulo Costa, dude. Oh my god! Like, I hate, I hate that. Like, I mean, I personally like working out in shitholes, but I'm saying like, work that angle. But they were hyping yeah. it up like it was like Oregon football. Like, like they were like talking about it, like, oh yeah, because he did it with his brother. They opened it up. And, like we opened up state of the art, world class facility for for Paulo to train in. 
And like they, it's literally a zoomed in like close up, and it's like fucking arresty as shit. And I'm like, what? Like as they're saying this, like as the narrator's like world class facilities, it's like, oh, <laughs> I was just like, uh, I was dying. I was like, I know I've watched like too many episodes of South Park. Whenever I think that's like the funniest yeah. thing ever, like it was just so like. Like why? Well, why cap? Like if anything worked, the badass, rough Brazilian angle don't. Right, don't, that's what I was gonna it. say. Most of the guys talk about how they're from like the fighting pits and the and the favelas and shit. And it's like a way better angle to come from from Brazil. Like Paulo Costa tries to be like the Brazilian pretty boy, and it's it's crazy to me. Like he's just a totally different guy. He's like the dude that wears like fake Gucci belts to the club and like. Dude, he always is in like a fucking button up disgusting looking shirt like he's about to go out to a dance party and do salsa all fucking night like i don't understand it it looks I, like he does it looks like he salsa dances and does blow all fucking night long like that's what does. he looks like to me I, and then he hits the gym in the morning like that's the guy i think he is zero percent chance he's never done cocaine <laughs> negative 10 percent. like he owes me coke brother coke he's probably done nobody shows that much chest unless they're hitting rails who comes on Sports Center and just starts unbuttoning their shirt while their opponent's talking shit about them and just starts flexing their shit other than a cokehead? I, I was on his Instagram uh, watching his live. Oh, my God. Dude, like, they're the best. They're the his, best. His trainer was, like, unveiling, like, and it's hilarious because his trainer's, like, this short, fat dude. And I was like, what? And then, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then he was, like, unveiling this, like, new suit that he's, like, it's like the, his trainer's suit. Like he was like trying to plug it, but then he like flips the camera around and starts like flexing his tits. It's like, like <laughs> I see you not. It's like he plays the like I. Now let me ask you this: Do you think that it's like a a hyped up like Covington like McGregor like no role? Like, no, that's that no. Him that's why I like it so the, much. He's just I think meathead it's just Chony fucking. Latino, yeah. machismo, just, just... He's just Paulo motherfucking <laughs> Bojacina Costa, the Paulo. eraser. He reminds me of, you know, on Friends, uh, 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 Jennifer Aniston would rail the, the Brazilian guy named Paulo. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Just like, there's guys named Paulo sling dick, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, slanging that d-d-d-d-dick. Yeah, man. As Joey Diaz would say. Definitely slanging and banging, brother, but... uh. But man, that honestly about wraps it up. I don't want to go too deep today because I know we're going to go talk about a lot of the same stuff again on Sunday. Um, Dreadful Talk fans, tune in on Sunday to Beefy Boys Breakdown. I think this will be episode 17 for UFC 253. This is a really epic card. Two two belts on the line. Um, some of the best in the world going at it. Um, I'll so tweet our picks for us too from our Twitter. I'll put him out on Twitter this week. That yeah, way everyone can see him and follow him. Breakdown on Twitter. At Beefy Breakdown. Um, sub to the YouTube Beefy Boys Breakdown. Um, you know, like the Facebook page. Just fuck with us, y'all. Um, we appreciate, you know, every single viewer, every single follower. We appreciate y'all. Um, also, do the same. If you haven't subscribed to Dreadful Talk yet, do the same thing. We also have a Dreadful Talk Facebook page. Go like that. Um, Dreadful Talk Dom on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I got my first batch of Dreadful Talk t-shirts getting printed up as we speak. Like, I literally saw the text message from the t-shirt guy at, while we were recording this podcast. So Let's go. You know, I'll be uh, wrapping out uh, here in Norman. Yep. Um, Beefy Boy shirts coming next. That's coming soon. We're, 
The sponsorship's coming soon. We got a lot of things in the work. Um, website coming soon. We doing the damn thing um, for both of them. Everything I said applies for both Dreadful Talk and Beefy Boys. We got merch coming. We got websites coming. Fuck with us. We appreciate Let's go. It. Thank you so much for your time, Harrison. Thank you for your yeah, time. always. And uh, yeah, you guys, you know, place a small bet. See if you like it. See if it tickles your fancy. Watch a watch a UFC fight. If, hey, I'll say this: anybody watching, if you've never really watched a UFC card before, this is probably a good one to watch. Like this is going to be interesting. Yeah, great, uh, great card to watch. If anyone has any questions, wants any tips, wants to uh, be on the text list for the picks, DM me. Follow me on. Uh, Instagram, Harrison underscore Madden, Twitter, Harrison underscore Madden. Give me a follow. He'll be tagged in these posts. Um, for sure, y'all. Have a good one. I appreciate y'all. Dreadful Talk Podcast, episode 16. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>